0: You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team.
1: All right, well, there's going to be stories about every team in the Final Four, and there's a story that came out about one of the coaches in the Final Four, and it's a story usually reserved for the movies, the way it is playing out. And, you know, the four Final Four coaches, you got Brian Dutcher from San Diego State, Dan Hurley from UConn, uh, Jim Laranega with um, Miami of Florida. But the story is actually about the coach of Florida Atlantic University, Dusty May, Sam. Okay, we know there's unpredictability, but what he faced was a little bit more than that when he took the job at FAU. Yeah, I mean, this is really why FAU is being called the
0: Cinderella. They won. They're going to finish the season with more wins than anybody in college basketball. But I think we can all understand. I mean, look. The biggest running joke this uh, since FAU got into the, into the final four, I mean, even for the Elite Eight, the biggest running joke, and they've leaned into it now, has been all about Seinfeld and you know d- doing bits from when Jerry's parents go down to go down to, to Boca, go down to South Florida, lock, stock, and barrel, and everything else. They're totally leaning leaning into this because it's a hard place to go win when you're talking about blue bloods of college basketball. And so Dusty May gets this job; it's his first ever head coaching job. And the story goes, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Norlander from CBS Sports wrote the piece on this. The story goes that he signed the contract to be the coach at FAU before looking at, at any of the facilities, the locker rooms, talking to any of the players, coaches, everything. So he signs the paperwork. Congratulations, you're the new head coach of the Florida Atlantic Owls men's basketball program. He goes and looks at the the locker room and the facilities in the arena Well, long story. uh, The story goes that later on that night, he goes back to his hotel room and is bawling his eyes out and saying, "What in the world did I just do? What did I just sign up for?"
1: Well, yeah, the uh, the place they played in there were like high schools around that area that were much nicer. The place held twenty five hundred people. It had, like, an antiquated scoreboard. I wonder if it had that, like, you know, the clock was like that rotating thing you saw back in the old days there. I don't think it was that bad. But, yeah, there were high school facilities around that were nicer than what he came into at FAU. The locker rooms were trashed. But you know what? At the same time, this is a guy that is, like, the way I look at it, and he was an assistant at Florida. You know there's a bunch of good players in that state that he's saying, hey, you know, there's going to be some that go to Florida, Florida State, University of Miami will lose some out of state. That'll still leave a ton of players for me uh, to get after. Plus, it's not a bad place to go to college. I mean, no. you know, you could be, you know, you, you, you know, if you're trying to be in a recruiting battle against South Dakota State, I think you probably have a little bit of an advantage there at Boca. But he he took the job just with confidence, and then he was doubting himself, and that's where uh, you know his wife comes in, who he's known since the first grade, and she's like, "Dude, you need to toughen up, man, because you've already taken this job regardless of the circumstances." Lo and behold, he's in the final four. It is a story that you might see in the movie, Sam,
0: and it's a story that I, I think really is is what this tournament is all about. That that's been. So much of the conversation around this tournament, around the NCAA tournament, has been about you know about these teams that are that are still playing, that are lasting longer than than they're supposed to. I mean, this is supposed. To, I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say supposed to. That's too that's too aggressive. That's too forceful. But generally speaking, this is what we love about sports: live sports, live entertainment. The the stories where these guys came from. There's always that that appreciation more that connection with the team when when you can relate to the story like uh, we 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 uh, uh, Jay williams Keyshawn, Jay will and max uh, morning's uh, six to ten here on 1017, the team Jay Williams is talking about how this you know this year's tournament is is killing the 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 casual fan of college basketball that's where I kind of go the other way where the co- the 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 casual fan of college basketball. When there's 360-something teams to keep up with and it's, it'll make your head spin, this gives you something to latch onto, because in some way, maybe not to that extreme a level, because most of us have never signed a contract to
1: be the head coach at FAU, but that's a pretty relatable story. It is. I I, I mean, you cross back over to the casual fan thing. I... Kind of a you know I, I we talked about this, I do think what you you the casual fans are the ones that do their brackets and basically have the fi, you know the final four with one or two seats okay so when when everybody's bracket is in shambles after the second game, I do think it hurts the interest of the college basketball tournament collectively. It, it, we're, you and I are not casual fans. We loved every minute of it. We love who's in the Final Four. But you talk to a lot of people that, oh, I, I lost once Arizona was knocked out or Houston was knocked out or Alabama was knocked out. You go on and on and on. Uh, but... I, I just, um... that's
0: where misery loves company comes in. I mean, we, you know, that's one of the things we love to do as sports fans is commiserate with each other about, oh, you know, my team stinks, but that's okay. Cause we have a, a group of, you know, all of us and our team stinks together. My brackets busted and your brackets busted. So if my bracket's going to be busted, then, you know, I, th- then, you know, then why am i going to root for these why am i going to root for the teams who are already out of my bracket anyway let's go i mean
1: i'm not i'm not saying it's entirely based on the bracket no, no. but but when they're seeing san diego state facing off against you know whatever the the, the, the national appeal I, I we'll see how the ratings we'll see how the ratings turn out but from past experience these underdogs that have gotten there, butler those things those years the ratings are not nearly as high as when you have Kansas, UCLA, Memphis, and North Carolina like the one Final Four I saw back in, in 2008. Okay, more college hoops. Charles Barkley, and actually because we've been talking so so much NIL lately and transfer portal stuff lately, I, I mean, people are, are finally, you know, they, they've heard about it, but now when they see the Lobos that are leaving due to the portal and they know that these other guys are coming back, I mean I'm just gonna cut to the chase. these these athletes that are going to all these other colleges, including New Mexico are making nice Nil deals. I don't have the numbers, I'm not privy to it, but I think it would shock the uh, shock a lot of people out there how much we're talking about in terms of dollars now it seems like 505 Sports Venture Foundation Kurt Roth was on with us he's got a plan for how to execute this and at the same time hopefully not disrupt things at the Lobo Club or with Lobo Marketing you know all those things that people wondered about how you know hey if one does well is it going to be at the you know the sacrifice of the other and so on and so forth who knows but but Charles Barkley spoke out about the impact of this and what it might look like in three to five years. It's a travesty and a disgrace. I'm so mad now how we can make, mess up something that's so beautiful. How do we mess it up? We can't pay all these players. In the next three to five years, we're gonna have 25 schools that's gonna dominate the sports cause they can afford players. And these schools who can't afford or won't pay players are going to be irrelevant. Okay, you're shaking your head. I want to let you go first, okay? Because I know that um, you have really been uh, a proponent of, of this evolution. So I'm going to let you talk first. Well, it's just, you know, where where have we heard that before? It's It's
0: one thing if you want to say that... This didn't sol- that nil didn't solve anything, and you know the rich are still going to get richer, and the other schools are still going to be in their position, and we're not closing the gap or anything like that. But to to phrase it that way, when we are almost two years into nil legislation, just
1: I I mean, agree with you. It's kind of Monday morning quarterbacking at this point, is what you're saying. It, it, it but I also to- will say this: we're already two years in. I I think last year was kind of a transition year and people didn't grasp it and it wasn't such a topic during the NCAA tournament. This year is like a headline story and yeah, I agree. Barkley, you know, should have maybe had a position on this a couple of years ago if he was going to be that adamant against it. But his point, uh, he said in three to five years we're going to have 25 programs or so that are going to have all the money and it's going to be to the detriment of Dozens and dozens of programs. Otherwise, can, can you do you disagree with that? I do. Okay, so, so these other schools, where are they going to come up with the money uh, to be able to compete against those 25? Then, I mean. That goes back to and, and, and
0: I will admit and I will admit that, that I probably should have that, that I was totally wrong on this one. You know, I, I think we're all still kind of trying to figure out we are. what the, what the end goal is uh, what the end goal is with, with NIL but but I guess j- just to say in three to five years you're going to have 25 schools that are going to be up here and everybody else is going to be down there. I mean that, that's what college sports has been for for my for my entire lifetime. Well, the, there has been... Like to say that it's going to get worse in three to five years Well, is, if,
1: it, if it, it had been like that your entire lifetime without this kind of money that's being thrown around, and we know stuff was going on in back alleys, do we think it was the amounts that we're like hearing now? I think, n- no, uh, it's not. And so if you're saying that there was always the haves and the haves nots before, and now this, you don't think it's going to create potentially more separation see here's the thing that that's what kurt roth is trying to avoid you know charles barkley said that either won't be able won't pay him or won't be able to pay him okay what kurt roth is driving now is the opportunity where the unm men's basketball team in this case is is able to pay him okay uh so they're in that group that is still able to pay him and that, that was in effect last year, and obviously we're going to find out who's coming. I mean, they lost, you know, how many guys have they lost to the transfer portal now? Uh, seven? Is that with Barimasek leaving? Um,
0: not, not quite. I think five or six now.
1: Okay, five or six, because they included the walk-on on yeah. that. Okay, so we'll just say six, okay? Uh, anyway, th- that obviously means that, you know, maybe some of them might have left because they could see the writing on the wall, knowing that with the portal out there, there would be opportunities for coach Richard patino and every other coach to get players to come in immediately play immediately. That probably they think are going to be upgrades from who they are, uh, at least in the eyes of coach Richard patino So they, they moved on. I mean, uh, It's, so, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, that's how, so we'll see who comes in, and I think when we see who comes in, we're going to realize that after they get here, because it's not going to be part of the recruiting process, we know that's not supposed to be the case, you know, NIL is not supposed to be there to entice players, but it is there for players to know that guys last year made significant money, including Morris Udese. And, um, uh, uh, and Josiah out, Glitch will just start there. And, and let's not forget, Mashburn and House were both all-conference players. And you know Donovan Dent got a lot of attention in high school, and I, I'm sure he added to that attention by what he did on the court this year.
0: I, I just struggle to see how you look at what's happened this year. We uh, Every team that's still playing has multiple transfers because guys are realizing There's only thirteen, what thirteen scholarships on each team. give or or take. Yeah, there's thirteen spots on these teams. Uh, Josiah, Alec, leaves. I, I, I want to try to get a bigger role for myself, so I'll go to school X. All of a sudden, school X, FAU, Kansas State, who wasn't thought of as a competitor, is now a competitor. And as soon, it only takes one of these. As soon as a run like this happens. It's not going to be forever, and nobody's suggesting that these schools are going to become blue bloods themselves, but all it takes is one of these to open the door for the next set of guys to say, I don't have to go to X, Y, and Z. So if we're talking three to five years from now, I would I, I see it more as kind of similar to what, what's happening this year.
1: I think you're going to have boosters that were reluctant initially to participate in this because it was so uh, against... What the norm was forever up until this point that are going to come over more and more and be okay with it because they're diehard fans of the program and are going to be like, you know, it's going to get to a point where it's like, if you can't beat them, you know, you, you just join them type of thing. And that's what they did at Miami, right? Laranega. Uh, he's even like spoken, uh, you know, why don't you tell it? he actually recognized that this could be a detriment to college basketball, and he's got like two he's points. He's benefiting so, from yeah, it. Yeah, so what did he say about it? I mean, uh, Larenaga, uh it, it, you'd think he would be like, hey, this is great for college basketball. That wasn't the position he took.
0: Is it good for the game? You know, I, I don't think we'd want this to happen every year, because I think some of the The biggest reason people follow college basketball is they feel like they know the programs not just the individuals they follow the program get to know the individuals but last year you had duke carolina villanova kansas so i would imagine that's what tv would want the blue bloods the best programs in the history but what you're finding with the parody in college basketball is that anybody can get there with the right combination of players,
1: including us. Exactly. Uh, but he did state that like these days of the fans getting to kind of see a, a, a recruit come in and play a little bit as a freshman, more as a sophomore, start as a junior, and then be loved as a senior. Uh, I mean, those days, at least uh, in the foreseeable future, seemed, uh, seemed to be um, gone.